Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This week on the podcast, we sit down for a conversation with Shannon McClay, founder of The Financial Gym. The Financial Gym makes reaching your financial goals getting out of debt, and living your best financial life easy and accessible with programs designed for clients of all ages and incomes. After years of working for a big bank and working as a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch, Shannon was inspired to create a financial services company that actually cared for its clients and provided them the services they needed. The Financial Gym has helped 90% of their clients reach their personal financial goals. Shannon is also host of the podcast, Martinis and Your Money. On this episode, which we recorded this past Friday, we hear Shannon's personal journey of financial wellness and her mission with the Financial Gym. She also provides clear, straightforward tools for how every individual can and should be financially well and still live a life they enjoy. Also, in light of the global situation and impact on many jobs in the economy, we also discuss practical steps for anyone in financial stress at this time and tips for all individuals as we possibly enter recession due to COVID-19. This episode truly shares the beauty of facing your finances, ditching money shame, and why everything is fixable, even in a recession. Enjoy the episode and don't forget to tag us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you listen to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and I've been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. I've used it consistently through the year and it's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ-fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis too, especially as somebody who always had strep throat and throat infections. It has seriously changed my entire life. (laughs) But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. 
Beach Hill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. If you want to try the Propolis or the Beechill Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeeper's Naturals order by using the code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash courageouswellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. Hi guys, we have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Well, thank you, Shannon, for joining us today. I'm so excited to be with you ladies live from my bedroom. Yes, I think that's the, we're all in quarantine. That's the state we're all in right now. Yeah. I usually uh, feel bad about having meetings, like what's in my background, you know, what do people think? But I've had so many odd meetings over the last two weeks, like people in all different states of their living arrangements. So I'm like, I'm it's totally fine that everybody knows what my bed looks like. Absolutely. Exactly. And you know, <laughs> we just we only release audio. So only Erica and I get the privilege of seeing your beautiful bedroom. But um, <laughs> I know it's funny not to digress, but I, I feel like I, just the fact that I have not like got out of sweatpants at this yeah. point is sort of a, uh, actually you know. transitioning from sweatpants to yoga pants has been like the big transition of these two weeks of quarantine. For me so far. <laughs> I'm in yoga pants today instead of pajamas. And that's, that's a big deal. So. I have, I have my work, um, my work and I'm saying work in air quotes, like stretchy pants. And I've got my, um, you know, evening cool down, um, stretchy pants. So there's a difference. Yes. But everything is elastic waistband at this point. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> to get started and, um, just to sort of let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, uh, how you've gotten into the, the sort of space of financial wellness? Yeah, I um, so I always tell people I'm going to be 42 next month, and I never ever thought I would be a um, business owner um, or start a company. And here I am, the CEO of a company with uh, 60 plus employees. Um, so it's kind of like, how did I get here? But then when you back up, I graduated in 2000 with a degree in finance, and I wanted to work in financial services. Um, I was uh, one of 15 women on a trading floor with over 200 people. Like the me too thing was definitely me, but I loved working in, 
in finance. I loved working on the trading floor, thrived in it, did that for 13 years. Um, but got when I, and I remember right before I turned 30 telling my then husband, now ex-husband, spoiler alert, um, like when I was about to turn 30, all my friends were freaking out about turning 30 because like they weren't married or they didn't have kids or didn't love their job. Like all these check boxes that women feel like they have to check. Um, and I remember telling him, 30 is going to be so easy for me. It's like, because I have this great job, we're married, we have a kid, we have a great house, like 30 is going to be super easy. And I turned 30, had a great party and then turned 30 and a half and had a complete meltdown, like complete meltdown of like, where, what is my life? I didn't want the husband, didn't want the kid, didn't want the job. Like I was like, I signed up for somebody else's life. Like, I don't even know whose life I'm leading right now and ended up getting life coached in the process. And one of my exercises was reading this book about happiness. And um, it was like 400 pages of a lot of woo woo because uh, it was written by a Buddhist monk, but it real resonated with me. And at the end of it, um, essentially what he said was to have long-term happiness, um, you should help other people and not expect anything in return. So even just opening the door and not expecting someone to say thank you, like that degree of helping people. And that was my first aha of the journey to starting the gym. I was like, that really resonated with me. And um, I was like, that's where I want to go. And I started kind of moving my life in that direction. I ultimately ended up becoming a Merrill Lynch financial advisor because um, I was like, this is how I can help people. I Because I saw that 85% were men. And I always say, there's nothing wrong with that. I married a man, I birthed a man, like I love men, but like it felt really unfair that if somebody wanted something different, it was really hard to find. And I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, this is how I'm going to help people. I'm going to help more women become financial advisors and pave the way. And so I became a Merrill financial advisor. To work with me, you had to have 250000 in assets. Um, you didn't even count as a client. Like you, you were nobody unless you had 250000 in assets. And I laugh all the time thinking about how this business, uh, my business would never exist if I took the advice of one of my Merrill and a mentors. I always say mentors in air quote because the guy did not help me that much except for like what not to do. But he was like, you know, before you even take meetings with people, make sure you pre-screen and you know they have money. Like make sure they have that 250000 Otherwise, it's a waste of time. They don't even count. And I remember thinking, I have plenty of time. I, I can take whatever meetings. And I made it a, a, a point to take every single meeting. And my first meeting with um, this woman who I eventually called these clients pro bono clients, but the first meeting she said to me, it was like almost like a movie. She was like, I have 250000 of student loan debt. And I make $50,000 a year doing discovery work, like not the six-figure job my, my law school told me I was going to have. And um, and the big, biggest and most like poignant thing she said to me, she was like, and I just feel unlovable. Like who would want to marry me with all this debt? And, um, and it really hit home. And I was like, I don't know how to help this person, but like, I want to figure it out. So I, um, started doing these financial plans on the side and then it became like this dirty little secret. I became the worst financial advisor ever because I love the pro bono clients more than like the wealthy clients. And I was doing that for a period of time. And then I had my like true Oprah aha week. Um, and it started with a couple that had, um, they had a little over a million dollars with me and their portfolio was down 3%. And they were just kind of complaining about where their money was. It was like the world was ending. Like, how are the kids going to go to college? And like, what are we going to do? And and I spent an hour of my life making them feel better about being a little less rich. 
and it was just really soul sucking. And um, then two days later, I did a financial plan for a woman, just like we do at the financial gym now. It was literally like bulleted. It was like, here's how much you need to save. Here's how you handle the credit cards. Here's what you do with the student loans. And um, just bulleted telling her what she should do. And at the end of the meeting, she said, you know, you're saving my life, right? And I was like, oh, this feels so much better than that meeting. And that was my aha. Like, I have to create a business for people like this, which is the majority of Americans, and, um, you know, where they could go and get, you know, financial help. And on, on the same time, I was on this weight loss journey and um, and had lost over 50 pounds with, like, Weight Watchers and working out. And I remember thinking that when I wanted to get physically healthy, I had so many places I could go to get physically healthy. But and we all have so many places we could go to get physically healthy. But if people want to get financially healthy, where would they go? And that was my dilemma. Is like, where do I send these pro bono clients to that's going to treat them like human beings and, um, and be excited for them and do all these things for them um, without having 250000 in assets? And I thought if you want to get physically healthy, you go to a, or financially healthy, you go to a financial gym. And that was seven years ago. And I saw it very clearly. It was literally like it's a financial gym. It's like H&R Block, but fun and cool. Advisors are trainers. They wear jeans and t-shirts. Um, anybody can come in, just like anybody could go to a regular gym and you pay a monthly membership fee. I mean, it was all so clear seven years ago. So I left Merrill to start building it. Knew nothing about starting a business because like it was never in my game plan, never in the life plan. I had no idea. But I was like, I just feel like it has to exist and no one's going to do it. So it has to be me. And the first two years I called the dark years where um, you know, I was trying to figure out what does financial training costs and look like? What kind of results are we going to get? Like how much will people pay? And I went through everything I own personally. Um, so the joke is when you're in the gym in New York, you're in my 401k. You're literally sitting in my 401k because that's where it's all there now. And I remember taking that last, and it was over $250,000 I had in a 401k when this all started. It's all gone. Um, but I uh, remember telling my then husband, um, I'm literally worth nothing. It was a really like low day. I, I was like, I have zero left to me. When I took the last um, withdrawal out of my IRA, I was like, I have nothing. I had life insurance. I felt good about that. If I died, I was worth something to my husband and son. And um, he was like, but you're onto something. Because um, I, for two years, had clients and, and was getting great results. And he's like, I just feel like you're onto something. He's like, I still have money left in my IRA. Let's keep going. And, um, and we did. And about a month later, I had coffee with a former boss of mine from Merrill Lynch. And I was telling about the work I was doing and about, you know, building this thing. And he was like, he just gotten let go. And he's like, what do you think I should do with the severance payout? And um, I was like, I think you should invest in a small financial services company that's about to run out of money. And that was my first $100,000 check. And um, he sent it in an envelope that said, knock them dead. And um, then, then it became real. And then I was like, well, I, can't, I can lose my own money. I can't lose Bob's money. So, um, you know, from that point on, it was really like full steam ahead. And that was 2015. And we raised a, um, a venture capital round in 2017. We raised a Series A. Um, in 2019. And um, we currently have over 3,000 clients um, in all 50 states. And um, we work with, what I love is like, we work with everybody, just like a regular gym. Um, so we've got clients who are as young as 17 and as old as 74. We have clients who started with negative dollars in the bank account because they have overdraft fees to clients who have 8 million. We've got clients with 
no debt and clients with close to a million dollars in debt between student loans and homes. And, um, and they're making anything from zero because they're freelancing or unemployed to, um, you know, six and seven figures. It's literally like we, we see it all. Incredible. I, your journey is truly an inspiration. And um, I love that we're having this conversation in financial wellness right now, because I think a lot of people, which we're going to get into in a little bit, um, are really struggling with their finances and unemployment and layoffs. And mm-hmm. I think the estimate, as we talked about before the call started, that 14 million people um, may be unemployed by this summer. But before we get into all of that and your mm-hmm. tips and tools for anybody listening who is in that, um, can you talk to us a little bit about the services you provide at the financial gym? And I think what can be really intimidating, I feel like especially for um, people with debt or young people in general, is you just don't know where to begin and mm-hmm. and it can feel so overwhelming. So how do you, through taking us through the financial gym, help people who have $250,000 worth of student loan debt and credit card debt or whatever and just feel like they're in that hole that they will never be able to get out of? Yeah. So first of all, no one should feel like that is what I say. Um, No one should live a life like that. So to work with us at the gym on average, our, um, although I think we're about to have some recession specials, but on average, it's about $85 a month to work with us. And you get um, paired with a financial trainer who we call your BFF, your best financial friend. And, um, and you get a plan from this person that's based on you specifically and your hopes and dreams and goals and all that. And then we find out what's important to you. And then um, we're going to hold you accountable to the plan. So we regularly meet with our clients every three months, but clients have access to their trainers all the time and the trainers reach out, you know, as for whatever degree they need. Um, but it's really, you know, for me, we've been doing this now for seven years. I've been doing this for seven years. I have clients, client number one of the gym, we just did her seven-year review um, last week. She did a check-in because I'm doing check-ins with all my clients now because of what's happening. And um, I like want to cry every time I see her. What's really sweet is she wants to cry with me too, like in reverse, because she's like, look how far you've come. Like, I can't believe, you know, remember when we met at the Starbucks and we met at a Starbucks one time because I didn't have money for rent for a, a space. Um, cause I was going through everything and that was when I was about to like pack it all up and quit. And, um, so, um, but so in the seven years of doing this, like 90% of our clients hit their financial goals within a year. And, um, we have a 90% success rate. And now, are you going to have success right away? Uh, some people do, um, but some people it takes a little while. And what we've learned um, in this period of time is we know how to get you. We know how to get through the psychology of like what's holding you back and, um, and help motivate you that's specific to you. So um, I think that's the uniqueness about this model is that, um, you know, one of the biggest questions we ask our clients after the first session, we call our first session the financially naked session because like we all, we know getting um, the finances are the ultimate taboo topic and we know that people are feeling a lot of emotions around their finances. And so you, we know that you're literally going to strip naked in front of your trainer, like financially, and that the trainer is essentially fully clothed. And that's a very vulnerable place to be in. So we understand that. Um, and that's part of our trainer's training is to understand the person sitting across from you is, is going through a lot of things. We joke that our workout equipment is wine and Kleenex because we go through a lot. Um, we go through a lot in the naked session. I've seen, 
I've seen people go through like a whole bottle of wine um, and almost need like a paper bag ventilating. And the thing is like, it doesn't matter what you look like financially. It really doesn't. Um, and I think people feel so much emotion around it. And to me, it's really fascinating that we're so body positive now. And maybe we could get like that on, on our, our physical stuff, but on our finances, like people just stress out about it. And it's like, it's not a big deal. Um, everything you do financially is fixable. And so, so we're getting at a starting point, but that's not your end point. And um, the biggest question we asked in the Financially Naked session at the end is what is important to you? What are your sacred cows? And what we're asking is, if you, what in your budget would you protect above all else? Like if I told you you had to get rid of everything, like what are the things you need to survive and thrive? Like what are your sacred cows? And I always say you can't have a herd of cows. You can have one or two, um, you know, because we have to make choices in our finances. That's just the reality, except for like 1% of the population, everybody's got to make choices around their budget and, and finances. So what we want to know is what are the things that are important to you? Cause we want you to have those and we're going to protect those in the budget, but then everything else has to be negotiable. And what's funny is the top three or four sacred cows of the gym. Number one is travel. I mean, all of our clients want to travel Two is usually like health and wellness Three is usually fur babies. Um, we have more clients who want fur babies than human babies, um, and that's that's a priority. And then four is like family or like friends or wellness or something like that. Those are usually the top four. But then once our clients start working with us, we track your expenses. So we have a system that a site that's like Mint.com. So we see everything. Um, and when we look at the top expenses, though, so there's our top four sacred cows. Top expenses are usually like Amazon, uh, Uber or Lyft, Seamless or Grubhub or some kind of dining out. And a fourth is like in New York, it's Dwayne Reed, which is like a, a drugstore <laughs> that's like on every corner. Um, but like that's what people are spending money on. So the, the disconnect is that we are spending money on the things we don't love and value because it's just easy to spend them. We're mindlessly doing it. But, and then we don't have money left over for the things we do. Or we put those things on credit cards because that's all we have left. And then we end up with credit card debt because we wanted to have these things, but we didn't need to if we could just prioritize how we're spending. And, um, and, and you know, make it as part, part of our goal. So, um, so that's what we do at the gym. And, and yeah, we, we take time. We understand our clients. Like we're, I did Weight Watchers to lose weight. And one of my team just recently joined Weight Watchers not too long ago. And she was like, Shannon, so much of the financial gym is like Weight Watchers mentality. I think, I think it's WW now, but she's like so much of it is. I was like, yes, because it's the same philosophy. So I did Weight Watchers because I love to drink and eat bread. I mean, Oprah is like my spirit animal. I was like, I have this, somebody got me for my birthday at the gym, a, a Oprah prayer candle that says, I love bread. Like that's me. So I'm like, I'm not going to do keto. I'm not going to, there's a lot of things I'm not going to do because I won't stick with it. Um, but if I can have those things, that's why I like Weight Watchers. We do the same thing at the financial gym. I'm not going to tell you to do, you know, a keto diet if that's not going to work for you. Or like, you know, we use like workout analogies a lot. Like if I told you the only way you could get financially healthy, or if somebody told me the only way to get physically healthy was to do burpees, I'm not going to do them. Okay. Like I'm just going to be physically unhealthy because there's no way I'm doing nonstop burpees. No, but I like, I have a Peloton bike. I, there's other things I could do. And, um, we do the same thing financially. It's like, the same protocol doesn't work for everybody. So some of our clients, they get motivated by like, no spend days or expense tracking or some of them 
it's a cash diet or some of them it's making more money and we help them salary negotiate and find a way to make more money. It's different for everybody, the way they get there. And we understand that. And so we're just figuring that out for you. That's awesome. What I love and sort of can resonate with is that you, you sort of take people through what are your values, right? Like what is really valuable to you? And it might be different for each individual. And it's interesting because right now we're all in this um, sort of corona space, this world that we're living in, this quarantine world and dealing with a lot of scary and unknown things, which we'll dive into from a financial perspective in a, in a little bit. But something that's been really interesting for me is all of like the excess things that we do or things that I do or stuff I spend money on. And I'm not like a big spender, but, but even experiences I spend money on. That's something that's really interesting. Like even getting my nails done, which mm-hmm. I just had to try and find some acetone on, um, you know, like on Amazon, because I, I was like, this isn't going to happen for months and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But like, but then you start to realize, at least I have like what really matters to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do we, and also what are, what do we actually need versus mm-hmm. what we think we need? Cause those are yeah. two different things too. And, um, and it's like with so much financial uncertainty, so many people losing work, losing jobs, I've lost so much work and I'm happy to share about that as we go into it too. But it really forces you to realize like, what do you actually need versus like what's important and what isn't in a very, mm-hmm. very basic way, especially when so much of the population right now doesn't even have the basic needs met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a really interesting thing, like that this time can also bring awareness to for each individual. And if you're listening right now, it's like, have you had the experience, you know, in, in a very sort of in your face kind of way, what is of actual value to you in your life? And it's fine to have the luxuries, right? But then to actually look at them as luxuries versus necessities. Yeah. Yeah, That's what we we go through a lot with clients. So we track their expenses and we would say, it's not with judgment. I don't care how much you spend on Sephora. I really don't. I have zero, I care zero. Um, I just care like are you accomplishing the things you really want to accomplish? Do you feel like you are, you know, having the life you want to dream? And so, you know, it costs about $85 a month for a financial gym. And my response for people who's like, I don't know if I could afford that. My response is always, if you're not sure you can afford $85 a month, then you need to join our gym because no one should live a life where $85 is going to stress you out. Like no one because if, if that's your life, then you're not doing the bigger things in life and you're not feeling like really secure and excited about your future. So you really need to get here. And some people, they, um, they, Allie, anybody can, we can justify anything, right? And so some people are justifying like the rents they're paying or the car they have. I had a client with a BMW and she's 50 something years old and she just loves a BMW. And I'm like, okay. And then her lease came up and I was like, she lives in Brooklyn. I was like, do you really need the car? I mean, do you? And cause she was looking at a new one, you know, we were looking and I was like, well, you're definitely not getting another BMW because that was like, whatever it was like $500 a month. And I was like, why don't 
you look at something for like 200. But then we got to the point where I was like, do you even need the new car? And she was like, you know, not really. I could do Zipcar or, you know, definitely I take subways more or whatever. And um, she's like, I'm really going to miss going to Coney Island though with the top down. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, first of all, it's a few months out of the year and it's not even like you're not at the beach all the time. So, um, so she didn't get the car and she hasn't had a car now for two years. And she's like, you know, surviving and thriving and like travel is her number one, her sacred count. She's been traveling a bunch and like not stressed about the travel because she's saving $500 a month on the car payment. Yeah. It's really interesting when you start to put that in perspective for yourself. And I think I've had, you know, a bit of a like a real wake up as far as like, cause I'm always like, Oh, I'm not a big spender and I'm not like, I'm not a big shopper. It just doesn't bring me joy. Like, but I do love experiences, which I think a lot of people also do, especially if you love to travel or something like that. But then it's also like what adds up over the course of time. It might feel like a small thing this month or a small thing this week, but then you look at it over the course of a year and you're like, wow, that's actually a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it's also easy as Erica had mentioned, like, if you don't feel comfortable or you've never been taught, which I think a lot of people aren't taught. I was like, I was an econ minor at Vassar and like, I feel like I'm so inequipped. I was a business major. I was a business major. I have no idea most of the stuff we're teaching our clients. And and that's what I tell people too. A lot of um, people come to us, especially women feeling a, a lot of fear and shame around their money, but specifically shaming themselves because they don't know. You know, they're like, I know I should know this. Like, I know I should know this, but I don't. And my response, our response is always, why should you know it? Why should you know anything about personal finance? It's like a language. And when did you learn it? Did you learn it at home? Most of us aren't, weren't talking about it at home because money is taboo and our parents, you know, mostly stressed about it. Um, and then you're not learning about it at school. You're not learning about it at the job. So why should you know about it? So that's the first thing is like, if you feel like I don't know this, like, and I'm not good at it, well, you're not alone. And there's no reason why you should. It's like saying, I don't, I, you know, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know Chinese. Why should you know Chinese? Like, did you take a class? Do you know it? I mean, you should be embarrassed if you've like lived in China and spoke it, you know, everybody around you is speaking it for two years, but like there's no reason. So, you know, that's a step one is like getting rid of that shame. But the other thing is like, especially with women, there's a lot of emotion around money and it's easier to avoid it. Right. Because like hundred percent of people have financial anxiety, um, you know, some to varying degrees. Um, and you have that. And so it doesn't feel good to look at it, but it's the same thing of getting physically healthy though. It's like, I, I don't want to step on a scale. Um, I don't, especially when I know I haven't been like eating properly, not working out as much as I I should, but the number's still there. Like whether or not I'm stepping on the scale, it's the numbers there. So it's actually very brave, um, you know, to take that step. And and we we're, we've produced a uh, reality show that we're, that we've launched just recently called Financially Naked. And somebody asked me, the producer asked me, what does it mean to get financially naked? What's financially naked to you in one word? And in one word to me, it's brave um, because it is very brave to tackle your finances. It's a very scary thing, Um, but it's also really empowering too. And, you know, if you could break through the emotional challenges, it's actually, you know, our trainers now are getting so many emails from clients saying, thank God I have an emergency fund. I just got laid off, but I'm not nervous. Like this is the first time in my life I feel like in control with my finances. I'm so glad I've been working with you guys. And that just feels really good for us um, because, um, and a lot of them started in the same place of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, one step at a time. 
Yeah, no, this is, I think it is, it's so empowering and it makes so much sense, you know, to work with a coach, like you would work with a trainer, right? I love this, you know, concept of it is just like you work on your body or your um, mental health or your emotional relationship with food, whatever it may be. It's, it's the same concept. And I think, yeah, like you said, it is really scary, but it's scary because it lives in the dark. I think a lot of things that we don't want to face, it's like once you bring it to light and you have those vulnerable conversations, you realize it's not scary. And that's like the first step in healing. Um, but to, you know, now get into for anybody who is listening or anybody who is going through it, we're kind of, and we don't know. I like to, I'm, I'm the Libra. You both are Aries. <laughs> You'd like to balance things out. I, I do like to balance things out and we don't know, right? Like the, the projections do say, you know, 14 million people will be on unemployment by this summer or laid off, won't have jobs. Um, but we don't know what's going to happen because as we see in the news, everything is changing every single day. So I always like to preface that where it could get really bad or it could get really good. We don't know. But what we do know is we have to be in the light and be prepared. Mm-hmm. So how would you coach or talk to anybody who has lost their job um, mm-hmm. through this experience right now um, is at risk of losing their job and don't know where the light is or even yeah. how to begin? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, it's not dark. It's just temporary, just like, you know, evening doesn't last forever. So this is just a period of, it's just a new chapter we're all in. Um, And, you know, for people losing jobs or or, or challenges, I I worked through 2008, 2009 and saw a lot of my, uh, in financial, I was working for Bank of America, saw a lot of my peers get laid off and people who've been with the company for like 20 years, like thought they were going to retire and and all of a sudden found themselves laid off. And the lesson I learned from there, and it's true, is like, even if you get laid off, if you have, you know, something unfortunate happen, it was meant to be, okay? So the reality is, is like, however scary transition is, the universe is just moving you in that direction. You just, you didn't know you were going to, but it's now opened up and it's closed a chapter for you. And now a new chapter is going to open up and it's usually a much better one. You just don't know what it looks like. And, and being in the in-between isn't, doesn't always feel good, but um, the end result is always great. So, um, you know, so many great businesses came from 2008, 2009. So many wonderful things come through really challenging times. We're just in the challenging times. So if you've lost your job um, and your financial health is not where you'd like it to be, it's not a big deal. I said this earlier, everything you do financially is fixable. And this is what you have to keep in mind in challenging times like this. You have to make the best decisions you can make and not worry about um, what it looks like necessarily at the end of the day on, on paper because you're just, you're in survival mode. So number one thing is getting your expenses down to the bare bones. Um, the survival expenses. And let me tell you what, a lot of things are not survival and it, that could include rent. Um, so, you know, everything has to be questioned. Um, you really got to maintain your cash as much as possible and keep your expenses as low as possible. So, um, you know, if you can, uh, you know, move back in with family or friends, like that's a possibility. If I've, when we're advising clients, like if you can't pay your rent or your mortgage, first of all, like a lot of lenders are, are allowing, um, you know, some flexibility and mortgage repayment options. Um, some landlords are doing that as well. But at the end of the day, if you can't pay rent, don't pay your rent um, and save that money and build it up. The worst thing that's going to happen is you can get evicted. Um, 
okay, so you had an eviction. That's going to be on your credit report. But you know what? Like, this is a really challenging time. Just like 2008, 2009, people will get it. Like, they will get the fact that it's not like you did this in a normal time, right? Like, it's not like everything's going really well and you don't pay your rent. This is a very challenging time and everyone knows it. So if you can't pay your rent, you're not the only one. So don't. Um, save your cash. And, you know, but if you are and you do get evicted, what will happen is you will lose your, your deposit. Um, and then make sure you have some place to live. <laughs> like if you can go back home with your parents or whatever. And this literally happened with my mom a few years back. She literally lost her job, her husband and my grandmother all in a period of time. So she had a really tough time getting back on her feet. And I was like, mom, stop paying your rent. Like you can't afford, it was like $2,000 a month. I was like, you can't afford it. And, um, and so she did, and she did end up getting evicted. She moved in with me. I said, worst case scenario, you move in with me. And she did. She lived with me for three years, um, and then I had to get her out. Um, so got her out. Back, she's back on her feet. And funny, she's a nurse, so now she's actually like, she's in the, she's volunteered for the New York State, and she's like in her prime helping people through this. But um, so I'm not worried about her job security right now. But um, yeah, so um, you know, you have to just do, you have to make these decisions. Um, preserving cash is number one. So um, cutting all the expenses. Um, if you have to put things on credit cards, you know, you put it on credit cards. Worst case scenario is you, you can't pay the credit cards. You want to try to at least pay minimum monthly payments though to try to pr protect your credit score as much as possible. So at least making minimum monthly payments will help you with that. Um, and then at some point, maybe you can uh, refinance the credit card to a 0% balance transfer card or a personal loan or something like that. Or worst case scenario, you file for bankruptcy um, or you, you work on debt protection um, options. Those are all available. We've had clients file for bankruptcy. I, call, I say bankruptcy is not the end of the world. It's just like lap band surgery right? Like we're just going to, you know, as long as we get the weight off and like manage it and not put it back on, it's a really healthy thing. If we do it and then that comes back on, then it's not so healthy, but, um, you know, it's sometimes it's just a reset button for you. So that's a possibility out there. Um, you know, you need to, your basic survival. So you need food and, you know, shelter in some way, but you have to just start thinking creative, creatively, like, what is it? Like, and um, like Ali was saying, like, what are true necessities um, versus like survival and like making sure you weather through this. And um, for me, what I tell people, the highest priorities you should always have, like all the time are your physical, your mental, and your financial health. Those are the three things. Like, everything else should be non-negotiable. So like make sure you're taking care of yourself physically, um, you know, whether, whatever that means, like um, exercise or like making sure you're feeding yourself or if you get sick, like don't be afraid to go to the hospital um, or, you know, a doctor's office. If you're sick, you can always, um, hospitals have, uh, have um, like, uh, they have funds for people who don't have, you know, finances, don't have healthcare. There's emergency Medicaid's available. You can always go on payment plans with them. So take care of your, your physical health, your mental health. Absolutely. I mean, this is a challenging time for everybody. If you have to invest in that, um, you know, there, and there's plenty of free options though, um, free 800 numbers like to do that. So like also think about what you can get for free and bartering as well. And then your financial health, preserving your cash as much as possible. Um, knowing that whatever challenging decisions you make, um, they're going to be fixed at some point. This might Thank be you. a stupid question though, too. Sorry, just to jump in. Um, when you say preserving your cash, okay. I think, do you mean just like keeping the number in your bank account or should people actually get cash right now as well? No, I meant keeping yeah. in the bank account. Yeah, yeah I no, I think, but I, I yeah, also you know, know. Know. I've had people ask. Yeah, I, yeah. 
we have clients who have money in a, in a, in a coffee can. Um, you know, because no, I, I know people who like don't trust banks or I, so I just wanted to I know them as well. Anybody listening? Okay. Yeah. I'll, you know, I don't have much. Yeah. I mean, preserve it in a financial institution. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Preferably. That's why I was like, stupid question. No, it's a great question. And and we've had people who have taken cash out and, um, but yeah, it's a pay the bills. And so, and also, you know, there's so many government programs that are going to be coming online um, and taking advantage of those. So, um, you know, there's unemployment and that's what I'm saying. Like you, you don't want all of your unemployment checks. Like if your unemployment is not going to cover your rent, like, keep the check and like pay for food and sustenance and like not get overly concerned about paying large expenses that you can't necessarily maintain if you're on unemployment. Yeah. Um, thank you. I think that's really good sort of practical advice if you're really like facing sort of like the, a, a rough scenario at the moment. Um, I have a couple questions. They're, uh, they're also sort of time specific to the circumstances we're currently experiencing. One is, you know, and I'm actually asking, it's a little bit of a personal question because I've been a part of, like, I've been an independent contractor. I've had some W-2s, but like for so many years, you know, and, um, and now we're, we're business owners. And so for all those people that don't typically, um, qualify for unemployment, that's something that I've been doing research on because, a lot of the people that I know in my community have lost, um, have lost contracted work, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who's an independent contractor and all of a sudden, like all of your clients cancel or whatever that may be because of what's going on right now and you find yourself out of work without much protection, I know certain states are doing like disaster assistance, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but that's still like I've been diving into the state websites just to like try to help sort of get a bigger, a better sort of sense of it for even members of my community. And it's not, it's not very clear. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the good news is with the relief package, um, that's hopefully, you know, going to get, uh, working through the system soon is there is, um, flexibility on who can qualify for unemployment this go round. So I think there will be more of that. Even if you can't get unemployment though, there's other, um, programs that are available, um, through, uh, through like your local, uh, you know, unemployment offices and things like that, where you can get like food stamps or things like that. There's other government support you can get other than unemployment. There's also nonprofits that can help with certain situations as well. Um, you know, I think for, for the people who are like that, the, you know, what we, what we encourage is you've got to find income some way and there are people hiring and it might not be in the, the dream job that you have. And this is what I'd say too, for people, um, you know, trying to keep the lights on and, and, you know, getting out there and trying to get a job again, it's, you might not, you're likely not in times like this in a recession time when not a lot of people are hiring, you're not going to have the perfect job. This is not the time you have to tell yourself, this is not the time that I'm going to do everything that I love, but you're in survival mode, right? So you're going to take what you get. And as a hiring manager, me, I'd rather see somebody working at Domino's right now. Um, Domino's is hiring. Um, or Instacart or whoever, there's a list of like out there, I think we have, we've had the finished website, like 20 something um, employers hiring. I'd rather see that um, for a period of time on your resume, um, especially during now and then hire you because for me, for a hiring manager, I'm like, this person's hustling. Like they are, you know, they are doing what it takes, like not afraid to like work hard and, and make stuff happen. Like 
clearly this is not their dream job at Instacart or it could be, but like, um, you know, but they're doing the best they can and it's just doing the best you can to try to get some kind of income. I think that for, fortunately for a lot of, um, freelancers, there's also, you know, there's different unit, like the freelancers fund, there's like different funds and sources of, um, uh, places that are, you know, stepping up to help out as well. And it's just really, you know, kind of being on the lookout for those, but you know, the, the truth is, and the reality is, and, and that hopefully like the lessons we'll learn from this is when we work with our freelancing clients. Um, so we want our, our, on average, our clients to have about six months of emergency expenses in their saved in um, a savings account for their emergency fund for freelancing clients. We want them to have up to a year because, oh, okay. because you have to be your, you have to be your own um, sick day fund, right? You have to be your own healthcare fund. You have to be your own an employment fund sometimes. So for our freelancing clients, we want them to have a year, um, which, you know, it takes time to get there. And, and obviously now losing clients is not, um, it's a hard time to do it, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that answer. And then I'm just going to follow that up by anybody who is maybe a small business owner. It's also something that they're talking about in the relief package. Um, can you speak to the idea of these uh, business loans that are going to be granted, but then mm -hmm. turn into grants if small business owners keep their employees um, on at, yeah. at the moment? Yeah. So all of the loans that they're talking about right now are completely new loans that have never existed. So we're in, um, as, as a small business ourselves, like we're in touch with our banking partners as well. And they honestly have no idea. Um, it is not the typical SBA loan process. So, um, you know, it is, uh, it, it's, it's unclear. This is the reality. Um, and so, you know, I think that for, for small business owners, like you have to do what you have to do for the business to survive. And, um, and that could mean, you know, letting go of people and, and, and hopefully there'll be, you know, there's other support, like there's other loans out there and, and there will be other options. The other reality too is like, um, I was talking about this with uh, somebody recently is like, it's times like this too, where it's like, is your business meant to be recession proof and like meant to like last through this? And, um, and it's not the end of the world. If a business fails, it's as an entrepreneur, I know it's extremely hard and painful, but you know, there is bankruptcy and like you can start afresh and like they'll, they'll, there'll be different options for you. But, um, you know, everybody's having to make some really challenging decisions. The, uh, but the business loans, I know that they are out there. It's just unclear how they're going to be, um, delivered. And the reality is, is that it could take up to 45 days to 60 days for them to filter through. So, um, you know, in the meantime, you have to cut back, a you know, cost like as a business, like just like an individual, the best degree you can and um, to keep the lights on to make it through. Yeah, this is all such great information. Thank you so much for for sharing it with us because these are really um, uncertain times. And I think you give really like straightforward and practical tools, right? Um, for anybody though, who is listening to, who um, is just like, I feel like there's just so much fear. Again, this concept mm -hmm. of fear and not wanting to face it. And everything you're saying is so straightforward. And it's like, this is how you face it. What do you think? Do you have any tips for that first step of like, you just got to face it kind of like in the words of, um, Cuomo in New York, right? Like deal with it. Like yeah. I love New Yorkers, like New Yorkers are just so like deal with it. 
But I think, you know, for a lot of people that they don't want to deal with it, right? I know you have Mm -hmm. to, but again, just like to hold someone's hand through like, you're not going to pay your rent. You might have to file for bankruptcy. These are the realities. And they don't have to be scary. Yeah, they're not. Not be scared. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is to realize it's it's not. Um, I always say everything you do financially is fixable, right? We're seeing people are dying, right? Financial choices are not life and death, really. I mean, they're not. Um, they might feel like it, but they're really not. And so, um, you know, what I always say too, if you're feeling fear um, about your finances, I, I swear to you, there is nothing is going to be worse than like staying in that fear, you know, and staying in the darkness like you were talking about, Erica. I mean, there's nothing worse than that. And we see that we have clients. So we clients sign up for the warm up call, sign up for the first session and, and don't go because they're scared, right? That, that we have no shows, right? And I remember one time we had one woman like reschedule three times and the trainer was like, I don't think she's going to show. And then she did show up. I said, let me just tell you what, if she shows up, she is going to be extremely anxious and afraid because like she rescheduled three times. <laughs> like she really does not want to face you. She does not want to step on the scale and see what it is. And the best thing that we see, the, be- the greatest thing we see as trainers is like his clients share everything. And then like, they're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. You know, like that wasn't that bad because let me tell you what, I get asked all the time, um, you know, and people ask a lot of my trainers too, am I the worst you've ever seen? right? Like, is this the worst you've ever seen? And our response is always like, no. Um, first of all, like, cause everything's fixable, but, um, the worst is the person who's not addressing this. And, um, you know, we haven't seen that the worst yet because you're here and you're ready to make a difference and, and move on to a different way and have a different relationship with your money. And, you know, that's the biggest thing I want to say is if you're feeling, you know, money, fear, fear, shame. Those are the two words we hear all the time at the gym, fear and shame. I'm afraid I'm never going to repay my student loans. I'm afraid I, you know, I can't pay my bills. I'm ashamed. I don't have anything saved. I'm ashamed. I have credit card debt. Um, Those are the two words. And I always say like our finances, like money is part of our DNA, whether we like it or not. A lot of us, especially women don't really feel connected to our finances, but it is part of our DNA. We need it to survive and thrive and have power in this world. And, um, so we need to have a relationship with it. But to think about fear and shame running through our DNA, that just that like hurts my heart. And it like motivates me every day to keep the lights on for my business so that people can drop the fear and shame because they're just emotions. And, um, and we really want you to change those to empowerment on your finances. It, there's just nothing more rewarding than seeing a client who comes in just feeling all sorts of fear and shame. And then you know, sending us emails now, like, I feel good. I, like, I feel confident. I feel like I have a plan. I have, you know, I, I have some, I can get out of this and everything you, you can get out of everything. We call, um, we call it gym magic when our clients experience like an unexpected financial surprise. Like, you know, they got a raise they weren't expecting or a bonus or credit score went up 60 points. We call it, we have a Slack channel at, at the gym hashtag gym magic. Um, and, um, every single one of my trainers sees it and every single one of our clients, like we see it. Um, and I say it's just because they made a choice to start working on their finances and the universe, like 
gives you what you need. Like if you just put it out there, I mean, we've had clients, we tell you exactly how much you need to make. So we've had clients, we've told them they're making, let's just say 50,000 when they start with us. And we'll tell them you got to make 70 and um, based on all their expenses or all the goals they want to have or whatever. And I mean, nine times out of 10, they do like, they're like, I just, I didn't know what to ask for. I didn't know how much I needed. And I started looking for jobs that pay 70 or whatever it is. It's like, someone just need to know which direction to go into, but like, don't be afraid of your money. Like if you embrace it and, and have power over it, it's gonna, more of it's going to come to you. Thank you. I think, gosh, I feel like we've learned so much today and I'm so glad that we're going to get to share this with our audience, especially in this time with so much uncertainty. And we always ask as we wrap up, we always ask our guests a few different questions. Um, and so this one, I'm going to ask you sort of like as a two-parter. One is how do you or how did you, um, as a part of your own relationship with money, like have such, you have such a sort of like even keel, unemotional, um, relationship with it. And that's like going to be part A. How, how is that something you cultivate for yourself? And the part B is then also what is your personal self-care look like to keep, to keep you on a daily basis sort of in this mindset of being, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a CEO, running, you know, a 60 person staff. Yeah. So, um, what's funny for me is I, I tell my clients, I told my client, our, our team, I've been all of our clients financially. So I grew up, we didn't have much growing up. Um, but I was always a hard worker. I started, I started, had a job at 14 and I worked and my mentality was always like, I'll just make more money. I will just make more money. And, um, that was, that's, I've always had that hustle. So I've never really been scared about my financial situation. Cause I, I'm always like, well, I'll just find a way to make money. Like, I'm not afraid to work at Instacart. I'm not afraid to have five jobs. Like I, like, so I've never had a fear about that. Um, I've also, you know, I've had to make some really challenging decisions as well. I mean, I had starting this business, I, I went through everything I own and like, um, had $70,000 of credit card debt at one point. Um, and so I get how our clients feel. I've been that and then had to sell my home, um, to pay that down. And now, um, I'm in a rental and that was tough to tell my 12 year old son that I had to do that. But, um, you know, I think what you realize is you make enough decisions and you see how it goes. You're just like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, that's a question to ask yourself, right? What's the worst that can happen? And anything short of death is like, who cares? You know, like, just do it. Like that's, it's not going to kill you. It, um, to just keep pushing forward. Um, I think it's also like the Aries spirit in me. It's just like, you know, Scarlett O'Hara is the ultimate Aries. Like that's me. I'm like, tomorrow's another day. Like, and this won't keep me down. So I just keep pushing forward and you do it long enough. You realize that's what happens. Um, how I take care of myself personally. Um, I've become very aware of like my needs mentally, um, and my boundaries I need to have. So, um, I have, uh, every other weekend, Although now in this time, it's interesting every other weekend. So when the weekends I don't have my son, I really unplug and I like don't do work. I don't like, I really, I, I don't answer the emails. I'm just like, I, I kind of de I unplug from things. Um, but it's interesting because like in the last few weeks, I'm feeling like it's every weekend. And so I realized that like um, last Saturday, my COO texted me, she's like, Hey, do you have time to go through the budgets? Like meaning today, you know? And I was like, can this wait till Monday? Cause like, 
I just need a moment. And so I watched eight movies last weekend and um, a really random mix of movies. So I had some really weird dreams too. Um, but I watched eight movies. That's what I needed. Like I kind of, I didn't want to leave the house. I, I drank a bunch of champagne, um, you know, and I kind of know the things I need to refill the tank. And then, and then I got in Monday and I was like, ready to go. Like, just, I know I have to like, unplug and I know I realize that um and it, as long as I let myself have that time then I'm like I'm recharged and ready to go thank you and thank you so much for sharing too like you've been all of your clients because I think that's so inspiring to hear and I also feel really grateful because I had you know parents who went through so many different financial ups and downs but I saw them get through it you know and I saw that one financial situation when it's great, doesn't mean it's always going to be great. And when it's low, it doesn't mean it's always going to be low. And I feel like that also gave me like this hustler mentality of, yeah, like my mom did every job she needed to do to put food on our table. And I was that kid on free lunch in middle school. And then my parents bought a beautiful home in Southern California when I was 15, you know, so just in like three years, it changed so drastically. So, um, I feel like that's such a gift to be given. Um, at a young age, you know, as well. But um, finances are still scary. It's not like I still don't love to like look at them all the time. But um, this conversation and Ali and I are definitely really excited to um, work with the financial gym as well. And, and, you know, it's, we're excited. I think this is great. So the last question we always ask our guests is, um, is there a book that you would recommend for our listeners? It can be on finance or it can be on anything that's inspired you throughout your journey. Well, you know, the book that changed my life was um, Happiness by Matho Ricard. And it's M-A-T-T-I-H-I-E-U-R-A-R-I-C-C-A-R-D. That was a Buddhist monk. That was a book that um, really shifted my dynamic. Um, about life. So um, I like that. For finances, I like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which was like written in the 20s. And it's very like, it's a challenge sometimes to get through, but it's really, it's it's about like, you know, putting it out there and manifesting your things. And, and it's really a lot of the philosophies we do at the financial gym. Um, and um, I also, hold on one second, I always forget her name, but hold on. Um, my, and then my other favorite, uh, personal finance book was written by Kate Flanders. Uh, and it's Kate with a C A I T. Um, and it's the year of less. Um, and there's like a sub, it's like the, the year of less, how I stopped shopping, gave away my belongings and discovered life is worth more than anything you can buy in the store. And um, that is like one of my favorite personal finance books as well. I feel like it's like the eat, pray, love of like personal finance because it's like a not really personal finance but Kate's journey, she's really honest about it, about how she like kind of changed her mindset around money. So I know Thank you asked you. me for one and I gave you three. No, we'll take them. And then if, anybody, <laughs> if anybody wants to work with the financial gym or listen to your podcast as well, can you, can you tell us where, where they can find you? Yep. So we're at, um, we're at the financial gym.com or financial gym.com online at the financial gym on Instagram. Um, my team, my marketing team is like killing it right now. I feel like with content and we are just like in overdrive helping people with different content. So check that out there. And then my podcast is martinis and your money living a better life one cocktail at a time. And you can find that martinis and your money.com. And it's on, um, all the places you can find podcasts. 
Well, thank you again so much for, um, for joining us and giving us all this knowledge today. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.